It is now September 16th, 2020, and the third Wednesday of the month, and there are only 15 left in the year. This is the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newscast, and I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, here for another quick burst of words and sound bites about what's happened and what's happening. Today's Patreon-fueled shout-out is for Abundant Life Ministries, working hard to create a better future for the Charlottesville community. A mass testing event at the Fluvanna Women's Correctional Facility has led to the biggest one-day rise in that county since the pandemic began. The Thomas Jefferson Health District reported 41 cases this morning. According to a statement from Catherine Goodman at the Thomas Jefferson Health District, the uptick in Fluvanna County cases is due to point prevalence testing done at the Fluvanna Women's Correctional Facility. Overall, the district reported 60 cases today, with 12 from Charlottesville and 5 from Albemarle. Statewide, there are another 845 cases of COVID-19 in the Commonwealth, as reported by the Virginia Department of Health this morning. The statewide seven-day average for positive tests has dropped to 6.9% today, from 7.1% yesterday. UVA reported another four cases yesterday, and their COVID tracker now states that 11% of quarantine rooms are in use, up from 8% the day before. The total at UVA since August 17th is 373 positive cases, 325 of which are students. Yesterday, Governor Ralph Northam pointed to declining positive testing rates statewide as a sign of good news in the pandemic, but urged continued caution. Last week, Northam ended restrictions in the Hampton Roads area, such as early closing for restaurants, after two and a half weeks of declining positive test rates. We, uh, however, continue to keep an eye on some other regions in Virginia. For example, southwest Virginia is seeing more new cases per day on average, 229 than any other region in our state, even northern Virginia. Northam said southwest Virginia has fewer hospitals and medical capabilities, so the Department of Health is monitoring the situation closely, even with declining positive test rates there. He said the rate was 8.1% on Tuesday. The governor urged people to continue following physical and social distancing guidelines and to wear masks indoors. He also announced that more than half a million people have downloaded the COVID-wise tracking app. We estimate that's around 12% of Virginians between ages 18 and 65. The State Corporation Commission has agreed to extend a moratorium on utility cutoffs through October 5th. The moratorium had been set to expire at midnight, six months after it was first issued. In a release, the SCC indicated there would be no further extension. The statement reads that the mounting costs of unpaid bills must eventually be paid, either by the customers in arrears or by other customers who themselves may be struggling to pay their bills. The statement goes on to say that only the General Assembly can fix the issue. Governor Northam said that's on the way. The budget I sent to the legislature includes a moratorium on utility disconnections, a repayment plan structure, and a debt forgiveness program. Yesterday, the Virginia Department of Health reported 96 deaths, the result of a data entry backlog. Health Commissioner Norm Oliver commented on this at the press conference. Occasionally there will be a spike, as we have in uh, this number, and that just represents uh, catching up with death certificates, which come in much later than um, 
um, what we get um, from the hospitals. You look at a different graph, which is the uh, deaths uh, recorded by the date of death, you'll get a much better picture of the course of the disease. You'll see that we had a peak uh, earlier in the year, and it's been leveled off in, in the low teens uh, for many, many weeks now. More from the governor's press conference will be in the next installment of the Charlottesville Quarantine Report coming out later this day. Early voting season begins this Friday, and Governor Northam said yesterday that the Department of Elections has received 790,000 requests for absentee ballots by mail. Locally, that number is also high. Jim Nix is a member of the Charlottesville Electoral Board. People have been getting the word on voting early, either in person or by mail. Uh, we already had, as of yesterday morning, about 6,500 requests for ballots by mail, which is astounding. He spoke on the September 15, 2020 edition of Seville 360. Normally in a presidential year, the city of Charlottesville would have fewer than 2,000 absentee votes. That's through the entire cycle, according to Nix. Melissa Morton is Charlottesville's registrar. Currently, my team is processing and preparing the absentee uh, mail ballots to go out on this Friday, September the 18th. So we have approximately about 9,000 mail ballots that will go out. Morton said a drop box for absentee or early ballots will be installed later this week, and social distancing measures are being placed inside her office for anyone who decides to vote in person. In meetings today, the Charlottesville Housing Advisory Committee meets at noon, and the Albemarle Board of Supervisors meets at 1. The latter group has a long day, ranging from a discussion of a special exception to the county's homestay ordinance for a property at 2405 Northfield Road, an update on long-range planning in Albemarle, and several public hearings. They include a developer's request to reduce the scope of an intersection onto Route 20 south of Piedmont Virginia Community College. There's also a renewal of the COVID-19 ordinance passed in late July, an update from Dr. Denise Bonds of the Thomas Jefferson Health District, and a hearing on a county-initiated amendment of the zoning ordinance to place more restrictions on the use of fill dirt in the rural area. Before we go today, one small correction from yesterday. All of the PTOs for Charlottesville City Schools have come together to raise funds for supplies for virtual learning. And a press release yesterday announcing a matching opportunity gave the incorrect total raised so far. The actual amount was 56500 but hopefully by now that figure has increased already. If you want to learn more about the matching funds from the Bama Works Foundation, as well as the Always Am Foundation, click through the link in the newsletter. And that's it for today's installment of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newscast and Newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow with another installment. In the meantime, consider signing up for a paid subscription today to help finance this operation. Or you can donate to my Patreon account for ongoing research into local government and state government. I'm Sean Tubbs, your host, and thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow.